We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. Coming at you on a Wednesday, May 10th. Wednesday, May 10th. The 10th day of May. The uh, 13th day, I believe, since the Bucks got bounced from the playoffs. The 10th day of my interim sobriety. That's what I like to say. People are saying, how you feel now going sober? Oh, I'm not. I'm not going sober. I've, I've not had a drink for 10 days. And for a guy like me, I mean, I'm not sure that was ever going to happen again consecutively. How do I feel? I'm still pretty tired. Still pretty tired. Um, I'm really not losing weight either, which is pissing me off. Now, am I eating better and working out more also? No. But you think a guy that breathes in alcohol like I have been. I mean, I drink so much alcohol. People say, oh, if you just cut out the alcohol, you'll lose weight. Okay. Cap. Which means you're lying. I mean, I am eating a, an enormous amount of food at all times. Tuesday was a takeout night. Tuesday was a law and order catch-up night. Been a lot of nights watching the NBA Finals, or playoffs, I should say. Still had them on my computer last night. And, of course, I'd break them all down with you, but uh, that's not how this is going to work today. I did talk a lot about the Lakers and uh, the Warriors when I filled in for Bill Ryder. Sparky's coming up on this episode. We talked some bucks in the coaching search. Uh, we also talked to Dan Devine. I talked to him, Yahoo NBA writer, on Bill Ryder's show. And I think the Bucks and Warriors Lakers parts of that and Heat part of that are interesting. Uh, so I'll play some of that. And then uh, between those two, I do want to bring the audio that Conroller alluded to on yesterday's show. With the schedule coming out, the Packers' schedule is coming out on Thursday night. So is everybody's. And again, right now we're fine. Right now, this very minute, we are planning on finding the schedule when we find a schedule. We are fine. We haven't known it for five months. And right now, when you're listening to this, if the schedule's not come out yet, as long as it's not Thursday, we're fine. We're going to find out the schedule tomorrow, and it's going to be all fine. But come Thursday, we are going to be online scouring for clues. Oh, I, I, I heard they play the Lions week 12. Well, why don't you just wait until the schedule's released and look at it then? I, I mean, I know there's a tendency to want to be first and get the information as soon as we can. 
but I ultimately feel like it's a waste of time. And I got to tell myself this too, because I'll bash against it and then I'll get sucked in. I mean, right, right now on Thursday, my schedule for Thursday, I'm recording a couple podcast things on this Wednesday on Thursday. I don't got dick to do, man. I got to take my kid to daycare. I don't even think I have anything at night. No, just maybe talk about the schedule. Yeah, so I'll probably be, maybe that, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll try to be the sleuther. Maybe I'll try to capitalize. Maybe, maybe I'll be Packer blogger, man. I got time. Maybe, maybe I'll be the Packer bloggers that tweet every 16 seconds. Instead of being envious, if you can't beat them, join them. I'm ripping on everybody else. Why don't I just do it? The appetite's there. Gee, I'm cranking out, I'm cranking out box pods and brewers pods, and there's a good audience. I do 20 minutes with Ryan Wood. All of Wisconsin found that one. Geez, you just say the word Packers. What am I doing? What am I doing trying to be the guy talking about other sports? What a dumb move. JK, of course. But the piece of audio is when we had Michael Cohen on. This is a Chuck and Winkler classic. This is from October of 2018 is what I'm going to play in a little bit where Freeman didn't like the upcoming Packers schedule. They had four and five on the road. And he was talking to Michael Cohen and Michael Cohen of the Green Bay Press Gazette at the time, or General Sentinel, PackersNews.com. Chuck had just asked him like, man, this sucks. And he wanted Michael Cohen to say, yeah, it sucks. But then Cohen, you know, as matter of fact, as he used to be very cut and dry, he would say, no, Chuck, that's the way the schedule is. And Freeman would be like, oh, but it sucks, man. And then Cohen would be like, I, who cares? And, you know, it's funny. It's good audio. Good to revisit from time to time. Uh, get into Sparky in a minute and then Dan Devine. And I think the big takeaway from the Lakers game, because, I, you know, we're talking Bucks off season, and there's going to be things that trickle in, trickle out. Giannis had his nice message to Coach Bud the other night after he uh, shit on him in the – post-game interview for not letting him guard anybody else. But watching these playoffs, like I was watching that Lakers-Warriors game on Tuesday, and I missed the sweat of it, man. I missed, like, even when you're up four and you think that you can't score again and they're going to hit two more shots, or when the Heat go on a bonkers 10-0 run and you thought you were going to seal the game and he'd end up winning and it sucks. I just, I, I still miss the sweat, good and bad, you know? Sometimes I just, like, don't want the world to see me. I just don't think that they'd understand. Uh, I was going for the lyric, you just bleed to know you're alive. But I fucked up the words. By the way, 90s music, I think I'm, like, 13 again. All I'm listening to is 90s alt-rock. And thankfully, I still have all my old CDs. So I got my Spin Doctors, I got my Weezer, I got all the Pearl Jams, I got my Nirvana unplugged, because that's the only one, uh, guys like me. We were, we were in a PG household. You know, one time I went to go see American Pie. When did American Pie come out? And I went to go see American Pie with my friends. My parents didn't want me to see it, because there was too many sex scenes and it was crude 
So we lied to them, and I told them I was going to see Snake Eyes, which was some boxing movie. I think Nick Cage was in it. Maybe Travolta. Not Face Off. Snake Eyes was the movie. And then to sell the lie, as we were walking out of the theater, my dad was picking us up in our purple minivan. And I was talking to my buddy, and I said to him, remember that one fight scene? And then I was like fake boxing hoping my dad would see me doing the boxing. So if he had any doubt that I saw American Pie, he'd be like, oh, he saw a boxing movie. He is doing boxing on the way to the car. Must be talking about the boxing movie he saw. We only said Snake Eyes because it was on at the same time. In fact, I don't think Snake Eyes had a good rating either. Snake Eyes, 1998 film. What was that rated? Nick Cage, Gary Sinise. God, what a dumb movie. I never even seen it. You know how you know it's a bad movie? You can watch it for free on YouTube. It's not even on any streaming service. You can watch it for free the same way you can watch my shows on the Dan Shaney insurance stream. Bonkers. DanShaney.com. DanShaney.com. Promo code is BART. There's nowhere to put a promo code, but you just say promo code Bart anyway. See if he hooks you up with some swag. He hooked me up with some swag. A folder, a koozie, some other stuff. Pretty neat. Thanks, Dan. Hey, Dan. Thanks, buddy. Want to talk to Sparky here. We'll talk some Lakers, Warriors, Bucks. The thing with the Bucks is that I, I look at this Lakers-Warriors series and it does kind of feel like it's a dynasty coming to an end with how sloppy the Warriors played at the end of that game. You know, and I know there's some Bucks fans thinking, you know, if the Warriors lose, somehow Steve Kerr ends up being our coach. I mean, there's a lot that needs to happen for that to occur. But I think, you know, watching Darvin Ham, a Bud disciple, do something with his lineup that Bud would never do, and that's the Lonnie Walker situation. You know, Lonnie Walker came in in game two, was super effective in garbage time. So they played him more in game three, earned more time in game four, didn't score for three quarters, then had 15 points in the fourth. But Darvin Ham looked at the lineup, looked at his team, looked at his bench and said, there's other things I can use here. It's like having all these tools in a chest and you're only using the hammer and the screwdriver and the drill. Well, sometimes you might need an Allen wrench, man. Sometimes you might need a sander. I don't know. Use the other tools. Put Tony Snell on Kawhi Leonard. Bring Thanasis in just for two minutes of insanity. Bring Jake Crowder in because you spent the whole season trying to trade for him. I know he sucked in the first couple games, but at least put him on Butler and give him a different look. I think that's what cost Bud his job the lack of ability to make changes in the playoffs. Good regular season coach because he just tells his guys, go do this, and it works. And he's had the talent to do it. In the playoffs, though, coaching in the playoffs and coaching in the regular season, it is not the same. It is, it is not the same. It almost be like me doing this show to myself knowing you're going to listen as opposed to me doing it live in front of an audience, or even when people jump on, like the shows sound different. They have to be different. They're different. It's different. And I don't think Bud ever 
I'm sure he got it. He just never really did it. Now, maybe they would have put Tony Snell in and 60. Maybe they would have thrown Jake Carter on uh, Jimmy Butler, and it would have been worse. I just don't understand why the Bucs were so obsessed with this depth they had, and then when it came to the playoffs, they didn't use any of the depth. You know, John Horse is trying to tinker every last move of the lineup. What's even the point of getting Goran Dragic? What's even the point? I mean, Sandro could still be here. He could have made a difference. They did this with Christian Wood, and I'm not trying to be, you know, let's the Wisconsin herd, let's have them take over. But these are guys you give up on for guys that just sit there and look to ring chase. If you're going to ring chase, at least play. Like Carl Malone and Gary Payton, remember that year they ring chased with Kobe and Shaq? At least they played. Kevin Love, is he ring chasing? At least he's playing. Goran Dragic, why was he here? Why did Jake, why did you trade all that for Jay Crowder to do nothing? So there's a lot of, you know, the Bucs won a championship under that model. And then I think they maybe needed to realize then this model won't work again. Cause they got, and then they got a big performance out of Chris that playoffs. So I just, you know, but when you win a title, you think that it works, you think it can work again. And now I think we are in for a big off season. So we'll talk to Steve Sparky Fiverr coming up about Bud, about what happened, about Giannis, about who's next. That will be next, the Bart Winkler Show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So, Sparky, the Bucks fire Mike Budenholzer. You're hot. Mm. I don't know if it matters or not to you, but Sparky, the Bucks fire. Uh, yeah, yeah, it matters. I'm a perfectionist. This is my this is my podcast. <clears throat> the Bucks fire Mike Budenholzer. Your thoughts? I uh, I'm not all that uh, shocked or surprised uh, necessarily that Mike Budenholzer got fired at some point from the Milwaukee Bucks. I am shocked and surprised, however, uh, when it happened. I mean, this man lost his brother in a car accident before Game Four. Could have said, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing these next two games. I got too much going on in my own brain. Like, I, there's no way I would have done it. I don't know about you, but I don't my want brother, to say this. My brother dies in a car accident. I am not coaching game four, and I am not coaching game five. Like, I would be a complete mess and a wreck. There's no way I would coach that. Now, that's not to give him an excuse to bail him out, but either way, he went through all of that to get through it. Giannis didn't play in what, two and a half games, two and three quarters of a game in the series as uh, either. So to me, there's a lot that you can build in to say, this is why Bud is coming back. Why did Bud get fired? Because Giannis drove him over with the school bus uh, in the postgame after game five. That's why. Giannis has never done that to another coach, to my memory. He never did it to Kidd. And he laid out three or four points in that postgame presser of, well, you know, that's, that's on Coach Bud. You'll have to go talk to Coach Bud. Are you saying since he'll be on his fourth head coach that Giannis is a coach killer, Sparky? No, I'm not saying he's a coach killer, but I think he ended Bud. I, I, I think that definitely happened. And, and and we talked about this on the Green and Growing podcast with me and Nathan Marzian. I am sick and tired of the, well, he's the coach, so I'm not going to go tell him I want to guard the best player on the other team. That's he needs not to my be job. better. He needs I'm to be better. I'm done that. with that. Either you want this or you don't. And if you do want it, then you go to Bud in the fourth quarter when Jimmy Butler is going off and go, to hell with this. I got him. I'll take Or you him. just do it. Let Drew Holiday take somebody else. I got him. If we're going to lose this game, we'll lose with him beating me. And you know what happened? When they did have Giannis on him at points in game five, Jimmy passed out of it every time. He didn't want anything to do with Giannis. And that could have been stopped and alleviated. Double teams. We don't want to double them. Brilliant. Okay, let's let's just continue to have him go one-on-one with a guy you know that's nowhere near as tall as, him as Drew Holiday. Then you have Drew Holiday guarding him. Drew Holiday is Burned, legs shot, everything gone, and then you need him to score points. Got nothing left. He's been wasting all of his energy guarding the best player on the other team the entire freaking series. Like, I, so yeah, you can be mad about Bud and coaching situations and so forth. I'm just surprised with everything that happened in that series that they chose now to get rid of Boonholzer. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by that. All I, all I will say is, I talked to, I have three brothers. I talked to one of them. Not the Golden State one. Well, it doesn't matter which one it is. You love them all the same, don't you? Yes, but I talked to one of them, and I said, look, if you died, I would still coach and know how to make substitutions. I got to think, look, this is me. If my brother who works for the Warriors, if I died and they had game five, a pivotal game five, I don't think he's not doing the – like he's still showing up to work. I don't know, man. It's your brother. You deal with it later. You don't deal with. I mean, I don't know. But then you got to think: What would your brother have wanted you to do? Every everybody's different. Right? I know. I, mean, I know. Everybody deals with tragedy in different ways. I think Some the Bucks people, did wait a week. 
Some people. If comp- it, they would have fired him earlier. People compartmentalize stuff and grieve later and can't grieve right away. Other people let it bottle up and ruin the rest of their lives because they don't know how to deal with grief. So everybody is different. So maybe maybe you could have dealt with it uh, and went out and coached. I, I just I'm just telling you, me personally. I don't think I would have been able to do it. I just, and this is, I don't want to be insensitive. It's a horrible thing that happened. I don't know that it should have saved his job. I think what what we're looking at here, and this is what I've been talking about a lot. Well, Giannis not playing should have saved his job. Giannis didn't play two and a half games. No, they you f- take the best player. If they LeBron fucked that doesn't, up. If LeBron doesn't Mm-mm. play two and a half games in the Lakers series and they lose, they're not firing Darvin Ham because LeBron no, didn't play. They fucked that up. They should have played. They got cute. I wouldn't have played on that Saturday either. But none of us would because we're idiots. But they should have. It cost them the series. Well, to a degree. Not guarding Jimmy Butler correctly cost them the series. Right. And then not understanding, like, this is what I've been saying about Darvin Ham and this Lonnie Walker thing. They had someone on the bench that they utilized. Bud, he's got all these guys on the bench. He never, the greatest thing I ever said was Bud prepares for a game eight. That's how he coaches. He doesn't make any adjustments. So if you look at his regular season record and you're like, Wow, 69% winning percentage. What an all-time great. That's fine. Regular season is as irrelevant as it's ever been. You have to get it done in the playoffs. No, 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 no. Let's let's clarify something. Regular season is irrelevant if you are a championship caliber team. Yes. Regular season is not irrelevant if you're the Bulls trying to make the playoffs or the Pistons trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. Then those games are more. The reason why, and I'm with you, on the regular season is – because coaches aren't game planning in regular season for opponents. They're running their own stuff. You don't really start game planning, game planning until the end of the regular season. And then once you get to the playoffs, now we start really game planning to slow down certain players and make But doesn't know how to do that. But, but, but wait a second. You can say that, but that year they won the championship. They lost game one in pretty much every series, and they got better as every series went on and Bud made his adjustments throughout each and every series. Bud was a big reason why they were able to win that championship while being under fire from Barkley and Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson that entire series saying he was an idiot. He still was able to overcome and win. Now, did they have some luck? Sure, they had some luck. Trey Young got hurt. Uh, the, the, The Nets weren't really all that healthy that entire series. All of that. Sure, they had some luck. And maybe they're just a fart in a win, and maybe that's the only championship they ever win. But either way, he still won a championship for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I hate to say it to you, they're going to build a statue for Bud here before this is all said and done. He's going to get a statue outside of Fryser for him, folks. It's going to happen. Like, he's going well, to go down fine. as we'll one of the all-time great thankful. Bucks coaches. That's fine. Yeah, he's that's... going to go down as one of the all-time great Bucks head coaches, even though in the moment we all – you know, are frustrated with how he coaches in the postseason. And I, I get it. Like, I I know Giannis is clearly. He let all that out of the bag after the last game of the last series. Well, the way – so Giannis, what I will say about him is I don't like that. I don't like that he – I hated the failure stuff. Hated it too. That was such a deflection. It was a dad – it was a dad speech. That's what It you was tell linked your, in. That's what you tell your son. You tell your son that. That really, there's no failure. Yeah, bases were loaded, and yeah, they lost again because you struck up, but that's okay, Johnny. You'll get them next time. That, that, that was a dad speech to his kids, and he's got kids now. And I've said this before, and I appreciate Giannis for this fact. He is thinking now, since he's had kids, like a dad. Like, they're going to be able to go back and watch on YouTube my press conferences. They're going to be able to go back and read quotes. 
I want to be proud of whatever I say here going forward. He is, he, I'm telling you, Bart, he is thinking like that in every time he's talking now, he's thinking about the kids in the back of his head and how this will look later. And that's how he's going about it. I wish more players acted like that because well, what they he don't should think be, that way. What he should be proud of is how for the three days after the Bucks loss, nobody talked about his performance. Correct. It was guys like Steve Kerr and Neymar and anybody with a LinkedIn account celebrating how more people should be like him in Correct. sports. So he did a brilliant job yes. at deflecting. Missed free throws weren't talked about, none of that. And, and he deflected all that with this quote. And he also, by throwing butt under the bus, like – that's stuff that he should – I agree with you. He should be doing that stuff in the game. Yep. He is Giannis. He's a competitor. He's fiery. But he – I don't know. Like, there is part of him. He always did this with kid, too. Yes. He said, well, coach doesn't want me to do this. Correct. Like, he still – he plays at a level that we haven't seen in Milwaukee, but he also – he really – I don't know. He really, like – he – what's the word I'm looking for? People that are in a, like – What's the word I'm looking? Policemen and firemen. They are, they are seniors. They are what the fuck's the word? Role models. Yeah, something like that. Seniority. Yeah, that kind of thing. I don't. I have a hard time with that. He seems to need it. I have a hard time listening to people. I don't like when people tell me what to do. Um, I I don't know. I just there's there's a part of me that believes he doesn't want to guard the guys other best the, the best player on the other team. So he uses the cop out of, well, coach, uh, you know, that's his job to tell me. And I, I would have, but he, he didn't ask me to. So, you know, it's not my fault. I, I really firmly believe that there is a part of him that does not want to do that, that does not want to have the responsibility and the pressure of having to go shut down the other team's best player. Because with that comes what? A lot of energy being burned on the other side of the floor having to guard Jimmy Butler. Folks, there is a reason why. Nine out of ten times, the best player on one team does not guard the best player on the other team because those coaches don't want to burn the best offensive authority. Authority figure. Yeah. I don't have. A, I have a problem with authority. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with authority. But but, but but this is my thing. You do, you're not going to see the two best players on each team guarding each other for an entire series because their coaches don't want their best offensive player burned out by having them play defense. So they go find other guys to defend the other team's best player. They do it for a reason. I get that. So I get if Giannis doesn't want to guard the other guy because he doesn't want to be burned out by the end of the series. What I get mad about is when somebody is clearly dominating a, a game and you're in the fourth quarter and it's still close, here's your opportunity to go, I got him the last five minutes. This is done. We're winning this game, and I'm shutting, their dude, some, I'm shutting him down. Duncan Robinson can hit five threes. We'll lose that way. But Jimmy Butler, this is over. Like, that's what I want. He doesn't have to guard him for four quarters. Fine, let you already deal with them or whoever. But at the end, in a close game, you need to raise your hand and tell Bud, I got him. Bud is not going to look at Giannis and go, I don't think that's the best decision, Giannis. I don't think you guarding Jimmy is the best decision. P.J. Tucker screamed in his face that one time and got Bud to do what P.J. wanted. I I just, again, I'm frustrated with Giannis to a certain degree how he handled this whole thing. And I know everybody else is proud of Daddy Giannis, and that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm frustrated by the whole thing. All right, uh, two things here, just odds on some coaches. Bud is 6-1 to one odds to be the next Pistons coach. No chance. 5-1 to one to be the next Raptors coach. I bring that Maybe. up because I don't know that he coaches again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just put out that he's going to have a couple beers and go fishing. Yeah, so why would he come back? You get $15 million to go away. I don't know, man. I I don't know Bud well enough to say what he's like. But Nobody does. Most of these Most of these guys that coach, they can't stop. They get addicted to it, and they don't know what else they would do if they weren't doing it.
Nick Nurse is one to one odds to be the Bucks coach. Charles Lee two to one. Atkinson five to one. Adrian Griffin six to one. Then we're starting to throw names like Frank Vogel, Where's Steve Becky Nash, Hammond? eighteen to one. She ain't coming here. Let me tell you something. I think there's a legit possibility that Becky Hammond is the next Bucks head coach. Legit. They interviewed her the last time well, when they interviewed, but they. I'm t- just telling you now, there is a legit thing here. They, I'm telling you, they like Becky Hammond, and they are not afraid to go out of the box. They brought Lisa Byington in and said, "Here you go, you're going to be no, the play-by-play okay, play First of guy. all, again, I don't want to be. They're not. It's not that they're not afraid. It's that they want to on purpose. Well, I, what, what if Becky Hammond's the best coach, hire her. Okay, but listen. So my, my point is, I think there are some owners that aren't going to let the female go be a head coach of their NBA team. Well, Under, so yes. Out, there's no chance over their dead body are they going to allow that to happen because it's going to be a dude because that's what it's always been. No females coaching my NBA team. I don't think the Bucks look at it that way. The Bucks say if she's better than everybody else The Bucks else are so available, progressive. They, if they could have 12 women on the floor play, they would. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But but the, my point is, she's going to have a I'm telling you, she's going to have a seat at the table, man. She's going to have yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they'll hire her. I, if they don't interview her, I would be absolutely shocked. Having said that, this Charles Lee stuff, I don't want him. God bless him. I hope he works out in Detroit and they hire him. I I don't I don't want anybody on this staff. So who's the next coach? I don't want anybody. I think it's the logical Nick Nurse choice probably. But the the thing, But I'm looking at these odds. I'd rather have like Scott Brooks. I love Kenny Atkinson. I, I'm not, I'm whatever in Scott Brooks. Uh, for me though, CBS sports did a piece that I keep referencing and they go over the candidates for Bud's job. And in the Nick nurse piece, they say pretty much, why would you hire Nick nurse who struggles to run a half court offense when the guy he's replacing struggle to run a half? It's court the same offense? hire with a dumber hat and glasses. You don't need. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing. And so, you know, they go that way. They go that way, I guess. The guy that a lot of Bucks fans wants, at least on my social media account, is Jay Wright. Jay Wright is the guy that a lot of Bucks fans want. And I don't know if Jay Wright would take the job or not. I have no idea. And would you want Jay Wright? Uh, he's, he ain't coming here. Why not? Huh? Do you th- I think he coaches again. I don't think he's done. Bob Huggins might be available soon, you want him? Nope. <laughs> no, I do not. Pass. How did a microphone? There's three microphones in the studio. That microphone fell. drops all the time. This microphone dropped on me when I was doing CBS two weeks oh, ago. Right. Yeah, this one uh, drops considered uh, all the time. I think it's uh, the screw is stripped in the mount here when you put it in. So for whatever reason, it just keeps coming undone. Whatever. There's hardly anybody ever in here where you need three microphones in this, this studio anyhow. Yeah, when's the last time two were used when you were on with me on Writer? Probably. Uh, no, Tim Dillard comes in studio to do my weekly interview. Oh, TD? Yeah, in fact, I have another interview with him today. We do it uh, on Tuesdays, and then we oh, put wow. it up on the 1250 Tuesdays website. Tim. Sparky, thank you, and uh, see you very soon. No Packer talk, just Bucks. What was there to say? Are they in a rebuild? I'm not going to do a topic because Andy Herman and Peter Bukowski were fighting on Twitter. We did a whole podcast on it yesterday. You can download it now, Kurt and Long, Ryan Horvath. And but I, that's why it was news, because those two guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, come on. But but it was it was a really fun conversation. I, I will tell you what Ryan and I were talking about that came up that we weren't planning on talking about. This schedule drop on Thursday for the Packers is the biggest schedule drop that they've had maybe ever because – you really need the beginning of this schedule to be favorable for you. You need easy teams. You do not need to start off with Philadelphia and some hard sluggo teams. Confidence is going to be everything for Jordan Love. All right, Jordan Love's got Philly's number, dog. You, you need Carolina, right? Bryce Young and the Packers against Jordan Love, uh, and that's game one. Maybe game two is 
the Vikings or the Bears, and then maybe it's uh, the Lions or whatever. You need something where you get through four games and you're 3-1 and one with Jordan Love. Now everybody in the locker room is buying in like, all right, we're good. We can do this. Let's go. You start off 1-3 and because you get Philly and some hard teams on this schedule early. That's not good. Like you, This schedule drop is big for the Packers, I think, as far as building confidence because – not to say everybody doesn't believe in Jordan Love necessarily in that locker room, but I'm sure there's a lot of people reading reading and listening to the outside noise of, ah, it's a rebuild, they're going to suck, they're not going to be any good. And if they're going to take that narrative out, they need a good start. going to be a lot of noon games. Fine. I don't care. I'm totally fine. I read a thing the other day with a schedule uh, coming out that now you can have multiple Thursday night games or something. Oh, what it was was, Bad teams are no longer guaranteed primetime yeah, games. Yeah. So in the article, it said good teams with strong fan bases will probably have more Thursday night games and so forth than maybe they would have had. And they pointed out Green Bay, Pittsburgh. What was the other one? There was an, a third team that they said maybe they wouldn't have had those multiple Thursday night games, but because of how large the fan bases are and because they'll probably be decent, they'll probably get more primetime games than they would have. Well, we'll be here talking about him in whatever corners of the internet you can find each of us. Can we talk about your shirt? Savannah Bananas? Are you going? They're coming to the No, I don't have tickets. You didn't get in on the lottery? No, look. We're getting tickets. We got in. Okay, I liked Savannah Bananas before they were cool. That just means you're old. What does that have to do with anything? But I didn't like them because of what they were. I just liked that there was a team in Savannah where my wife and I went for one weekend and we pretend like we like are from there you know the the pa announcer and the whole deal for them is mark who used to work at kiss fm in milwaukee that's your pa announcer he travels with them the whole deal so he'll actually be back here in milwaukee at milkman stadium doing their the pa announcing Ooh. whatever the case may be uh what's his last name i can't remember his last name uh but yeah he used to work on kiss fm uh back in the day and now he does her pa work i heard the pa guy for forward madison's been killing it this year really yeah any idea who it is? Some loser. Well, don't All call right. him a loser if he's killing him. He must be doing a pretty good job. No, nah, he sucks. All right, thanks, Steve. All right, Bart. Bye-bye. I don't think Sparky knows how to talk to me without promoting both his Curtin Long podcast and his Green and Growing podcast. I also don't think he – I promote them for him. I talk about Sparky and his podcast a lot, but he does a good job of always slipping them in. He is. Uh, he's always looking out for – for others. So if you didn't know, Sparky does two podcasts, uh, one with Nathan Marzian and one with Ryan Horvat, Green and Growing and Curt and Long. You can find them, guys, on the Odyssey app. I mentioned the Giannis tweet about Coach Bud. He also tweeted middle of the day on Tuesday a picture of him staring off into space. It looks like as the introductions are being made at Pfizer Forum. I'm tired of the disrespect. I'm coming. Wow. So, all right. Giannis was not named to the all-defensive team, which is fine. He got some votes. Lopez and Drew Holiday were both named on the all-defensive team. Giannis had a total of 16 first place votes but that wasn't good enough to even be on the second team because of forward okay so he had more votes than some of the other guys at different positions
but the forwards ahead of him were Jaron Jackson Jr. and Evan Mobley got first team. Draymond Green, OG Ananobi got second team. And then Giannis would have been fifth in vote getters for forwards with more total votes than Dylan Brooks and Bam Adebayo. But that's not how it works because they go position for now. I think they're going positionless. I'm telling you this. And then I'm saying like, so Drew and Brooke, Drew got 94 votes and Brooke got 85 votes. So first, first team votes, plenty of votes to get on. Brooke is a center. Drew is a guard, of course. I wish these awards maybe came out. All of them need to come out at the end of the regular season because awards, and I'm happy for these guys, but they don't like, it's just, it's more when they come out like this, it's more of an insult that the bucks, it's more of a reminder. Like now it's like you had two guys on the all defensive team and you got torched by the heat. And then a third guy who had enough votes. If they did a position list, you had three of the top 10 defenders in the league according to everyone, and you couldn't win more than one game against the Heat. So when all this stuff trickles out, it's like it needs to it needs to come at the end of the regular season. I know they like to spread it out, but maybe that's one of the reasons I'm so down on Rodgers winning MVP all the time is that, well, we had the MVP. Why couldn't we do this? And I understand 22 guys on a roster. Don't, don't, don't know. But it like, it takes, it's not it's not as exciting as it should be because these awards are being announced after some stupid loss in the playoffs. Well, we'll see Giannis, what Giannis does with that tweet. Hey, I, I have a lot of tweets out there that say, Hey, you don't know. You bet on me. You don't know what's coming. Well, I'm working eight hours a week. So who really won that one? Speaking of the old job, with the Packers schedule coming out on Thursday and us dipping into it a little bit with Sparky. I'm going to bring you back to October 25, 2018. The Green Bay Packers were about to embark on a four out of five game stretch where they had to be on the road. Chuck Freeman was not happy about that. Michael Cohen didn't give two shits and, in fact, had no idea why this was coming up. Some fun old classic... Chuck and Winkler audio here on the Bart Winkler show. You know, I just think the Packers got screwed in the schedule. Yeah, they played three of the first four games at home, but you know, you like to see it spread out a little bit because they're going through. Because when you play those three of first four at home, you know that the road is going to pay you back down the line, and this is where they are, right in the middle of the season, and they got to play four of their next five on the road against tough teams, man. This is a oh, the schedule makers look at this and say, man, we. This is tough. Why should we make this team do this? Well, my understanding is that the schedule is not handpicked by anybody. It's a computer-based formula that has a large random component to it. So to say that they got screwed by the schedule makers, I think that's kind of ridiculous, to be honest. Well, someone can't look at this and see four or five games. A computer is going to generate this, and they're going to, and the NFL is going to be okay with Chuck, it. Chuck, it's a computer world, so you, my so man. That's what that's so what, think, what I think. So that, that, that's what so I think, think is ridiculous. You think the Packers are the only team in the league that has a tough stretch in the middle of their schedule? Four or five on the road? That's a tough. It's happened before. That's a tough. But that's not. That's not right, though. It's just. That's just. I don't think it is. You know, you play three or four to start the season at home. Okay, when you're fresh and you. So, okay, if they get three, if they get three or four at home, why can't they play four or five on the road? But it shouldn't be that way. 
it shouldn't be three or four. So, should, so every single week should be alternating home and away. Well, come if you on. play two, if, but, we're, but talking, if, we're talking ridiculousness now. No, come on, you're 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 ridiculous for calling me ridiculous on that. No, the I think if that, you play two straight road games, that's, that's one thing. Screwed, if you play two straight road games, but their schedule is not ridiculous. Four, you you come play. On. It's a it's generated by a computer. There's nobody sitting there saying, "How can I screw Green Bay?" This no, 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 no. <laughs> Major League Baseball doesn't generate their computer, uh, their schedule by computer. They have someone actually handpicking the schedule, so that, so some of those things okay. don't happen. But I mean, you're telling me four or five? They have a, they, including one of those weeks is a short week. It's they got to play a Thursday game, and then they got to come back and play a Sunday night game in Minnesota. That didn't do them any favors. I just think it. I think it just sucks. It does. And yeah, my opinion. My opinion is that when the schedule plays out, or when the schedule comes out, you play what's on the schedule. And if you want to make excuses based on the schedule, and so be it. And I'm not saying the travel is not difficult and the travel is not an obstacle, and it's certainly not the ideal schedule if Mike McCarthy could draw it up by hand. But my opinion is you play the games as they're written on the schedule. And if you want to go into big arguments about why it's unfair or why it shouldn't be this or that, just play the games as they are. Well, that's, that's what we're opinion. doing. I, I, I don't think it's right. I don't think it, that they go to the West Coast one week and then they're going all the way to the East Coast and then they've got a Thursday game. I don't know. I just don't. I, I don't like the way it's shaped out, and I just think that there's a better way to balance that. Well, we'll uh, okay. We'll research. We're going to disagree. We'll research overnight uh, if uh, other teams are who's screwed the most, and we'll have a full no. report tomorrow. I just don't like it. That's a chuck. Sounds good. To that's me. a chuck don't project. don't have to like it. That's your project, though. I ain't doing it. I ain't going to be here tomorrow. Back to live action. Look, if I can't lock down frames on my pod, I'm just going to keep playing clips of frames on my pod. I mean, I think that's the next best solution. Maybe even a better one. Happy Place M promo code is BART. 25% off every order that you ever order as long as you put in the code BART. B-A-R-T. Gummies and tinctures and lip balm and different creams. The CBD, CBN ones are the ones that I use the most to help me sleep at night now that I'm not, you know, grandpa's cough medicining myself to bed bedtime to lullaby land. And then there's also some that you can take without the THC just to kind of sharpen you up, get you in the right frame of mind. They are so uh, useful. And I think a lot of people have found that, that this is something that they like to try, whether it's just a different way to enjoy yourself at night or uh, again, to help you sleep. If you have those kind of problems, I know the creams, uh, I haven't used those as much, but they do. uh, the, The one time I was using some was for my back. Remember when I thought I had gout? I'm not saying it cured my gout, but I haven't talked about gout in a long time. It just sometimes, you know, that kind of stuff works. And uh, and that's why people do it. HappyPlaceHemp.com. The promo code is BART. Again, there's sampler packs that you can check out to just try some stuff and then see what you like. Go back to the website. Use the promo code. They're also located in Muskego on College Court right across the street from Maddie's, which is technically in New Berlin. But that's where it is. Uh, I think you've all been to Maddie's for a delicious burger or nine. Dan Devine joined me on Bill Ryder, and we talked some Warriors-Lakers, and then I wanted to bring him the point about what these coaches are doing. I think you're seeing some coaches make a lot of adjustments, and that's why they're coaching. I think you've seen some coaches not make adjustments, and that's why they lost their job. Here's me with uh, Dan Devine. I'll be on with Bill Ryder. I'll be on his show again, hosting on Friday morning. Uh, This is from Tuesday. Dan Devine of Yahoo Sports. Dan Devine joining us from Yahoo Sports. You can hear him on the No Cap Room podcast on Twitter. Your man Devine. 
I guess I'll start with Lonnie Walker. Um, I kind of got a little, I don't know about upset, but like, I thought Lonnie Walker was decent coming out of school and I thought he was okay with the Spurs. We're treating him like he's just some guy that the Lakers plucked out of the stands. What I like about the Lonnie Walker game in game four is that I think in the playoffs, you should be, you should, you have your eight man rotation, Dan, but you should have to use some of the other guys deep on your bench in certain situations. And so credit Lonnie Walker for stepping up and credit Darvin Ham for making that uh, move. Your thoughts on the Lakers Warriors game four that you saw. Yeah, finding finding those opportunities for somebody to be able to kind of let their talent take over is that that's so often the difference between victory and defeat in the playoffs. And you know, you need, especially deep in a series, you know, everybody knows what what everybody else is running. The adjustments have already been made. Then it comes down to kind of just who can hoop, or who who can give you that spark, and you know, a little bit of extra shot creation you weren't getting from somewhere else, a little bit of uh, extra defensive intensity to ratchet up the pressure on the ball. And Lonnie Walker comes in in that fourth quarter, and he's able to go toe uh, to toe uh, and shot for shot with Stephen Curry, which I don't think uh, you know. If you go back and look at all the pre-series previews, I don't think any. If you do a control F, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of Lonnie Walker <laughs> fourth quarter shot making in those, but. That's a credit to Darvin Ham and his staff for keeping those guys ready. A credit to Lonnie Walker himself for staying ready uh, after his role had really fluctuated, particularly after the trade deadline when they reformed their roster. Uh, barely played in the Memphis series. I don't think did play in the first game of the series. Uh, only got in in garbage time in game two. And, and, but, you know, showed enough in the opportunity he got, that star in your role mentality and performance, to give Darvin Ham the confidence to go to him. He rewarded that uh, in a huge way in the fourth quarter last night, and uh, in large part because of that and the way Anthony Davis is just smothering things defensively. Uh, it sends the L.A. back to the, the Bay up 3-1 with a chance to close out. Well, and I'll get back to that series in a moment, but I'll take a quick detour. Someone in Milwaukee, we know Darvin Ham. He played, he coached with Mike Budenholzer, and I think that's the big difference. When you look at Mike Budenholzer getting fired and the success that Darvin Ham had in game four and in this series is that I think my, my thing with Mike Budenholzer, as I always say, he's coaching to prepare for an excellent strategy in game eight. Like, cause he, he makes these adjustments too late. You stick with your eight guys and maybe Lonnie Walker comes in and sucks. Maybe they go to Max Christie at some point and he's terrible. But I just think with how long these playoffs are, with how much people and teams try to focus on building a roster, you have to use these guys at some point in the playoffs or at least see. And ultimately, when it comes to the Bucks and it comes to Bud, I think that he can have the regular season record all he wants. But it is, and even if it's not like, I'm not saying it's rings culture like everybody's throwing around this week, but you have to perform in the playoffs. And Bud did not do that outside of the finals. And that's why he's, ultimately, that's why I think the Bucks had to move on. I think that there's certainly something to that because when you get to the point of the same kind of story unfolding multiple years over the course of a postseason where once you get to a place where the, uh, the opponent is able to figure you out, has your, you know, your plays and your sets and your scheme read and says, well, here's how we're going to make you play left-handed. If you 
can't do that and you show sort of repeatedly a struggle in being able to do that and get your team to the place where they can, whether it is, you know, in terms of rotation management or having guys uh, ready to, to be able to perform in those situations. The, the Milwaukee thing, the weirdest one for me was you, everybody went so bananas about Jay Crowder and we're going to trade five seconds for him and he's going to be that kind of P.J. Tucker missing piece to be able to let us play small with Giannis at the five and yada, yada, yada. And then when it comes time to, you know, and you're searching for those answers, he was, you know, basically stapled to the bench and didn't, wasn't able to make an impact, whether that's on him individually or on the staff not having him ready or Bud just not going to him and giving him a chance, whatever the case may be. When you get into these series, you need you know, to find contributors and to find contributions from maybe some unexpected places. And, and with the understanding, too, and maybe this goes back to your Bud point as well, it's going to take a deft touch night to night. It's not always going to be the same answer night to night. Earlier in the, in the, the playoffs and in this series, it was Jared Vanderbilt. Back in the Memphis series, it was Rui Hachimura. Uh, those guys both get their minutes cut down, and Lonnie Walker gets a longer run in a series that's going a little bit smaller uh, here against the, the Lakers. And you, know, you need to have multiple answers, but you also need to be sort of deft enough to find them. Darvin Ham has been that in this series, uh, and that combined with the, the performances that the players are giving him uh, has been a major differentiator. You know, I say it takes forever for a guy like Mike Budenholzer to make adjustments in the playoffs. I've always thought Steve Kerr has done a good job of making the adjustment or at least finding the adjustment before it needed to be made, whether that was going to Jermichael Green the other night, starting Gary Payton 2 in Game 4. But this isn't about that at this point. This is about maybe, and I don't want to say the series is over. I never like to do that until it's actually over. But if it is over for Golden State... I mean, when a dynasty ends and when a run ends, it ends like how it looked like in game four, where Clay Thompson cannot make shots and is taking poor shots, where Draymond Green had no intention of where that ball was going when he was flying out of bounds and trying to throw it back in, where Steph Curry gets the ball and then just throws it like, I don't know, like he's playing water aquatics with his son or something. That was about as... I'm not saying that it's over, you know, I'm not, but it it looked bad, Dan. It looked bad for them. Yeah, and I, I mean, to your point, Steve Kerr is out there adjusting. He's pulling levers and pushing buttons. He's changed the starting lineup twice. He's, you know, moved away from the starting lineup that has been was most successful for them during the regular season because he felt like starting two bigs with Draymond and, and Kevon Looney was going to allow Anthony Davis to kind of camp out on defense and choke things out. Going smaller has opened up the floor for them. They, they went to more Steph Curry pick and roll on the ball in games three and four, uh, more in the first half than in the second half last night, which and maybe that's a function of just it's it kind of tough for Steph to have to generate everything by himself on the ball, uh, you know, 50, 60 times a game uh, in, you know, in a must-win situation. But it's not for lack of searching for the answers. At a certain point, though, it's it's awfully tough to survive three for eleven from Clay Jordan Poole, whom you know they invested I believe is one hundred and twenty eight million dollars in that extension last summer, coming off the championship, and has just been you know has basically wilted in the face of the pressure of this series, and maybe that traces back to the way you know the the, the fruit of the poisonous tree, the way everything sort of started the beginning of this season with with the Warriors and the drama with him and Draymond Green. Maybe it's for a variety of other reasons, but Poole's game has deteriorated in, in this series at a time where they desperately need another spark. Um, you know, the fact that the Lakers are getting what you needed from Jordan Poole for, you know, a tenth or a twelfth of the price is a, a tough pill to swallow. And at a certain point, you wind up looking at it and saying, 
is this just kind of Steph Curry against the world? The state of this roster right now, you're not getting the 20-plus from Andrew Wiggins. You're getting maybe a surprise 15 from Gary Payton, that starting lineup. That's, you know, that's helpful, but how often can you rely on that uh, with your back against the wall? You need a huge clay game. You need Draymond to be able to, to look at the rim, generate more, uh, you know, more rim pressure, and not turn the ball over a ton. You need the, the guys who have been your core of this championship era to stand with Stephen Curry in this moment. They were not able to do that sufficiently at the end of last night's game, and if they're not able to do it again, the, 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 as you said, it ends with a fizzle as opposed to a bang. Dan Devine, Yahoo Sports, NBA senior writer. Uh, some of the things I'll tell you now, I've been, I've been saying the audience may have heard them, but you look at this regular season and now you look at the playoffs where at one point in this regular season, the Suns didn't have Kevin Durant. They add him at the trade deadline. The Lakers completely retool their team in a way that I think we'll be celebrating Rob Palenka for for decades. The Warriors, I thought, everyone's talking about the Warriors and they're struggling and whatever. They can't win on the road. They go win a series essentially on the road in Sacramento when they have to. The Miami Heat, who knows what they are, but they figured it out the last couple of weeks. They're still down double digits in a playing game. Suddenly they find their way to get into the, uh, well, now almost the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see how that ends up. The best run that I thought any team had this season was a Brooklyn Nets team that traded Durant, traded Kyrie, when they were so good in December before KD got hurt, they end up being a six seed, get swept in the playoffs. I just, it's so like startling. And maybe this is a one year anomaly, but the number in front of your name matters less than ever, it seems. And that I would think is more of a future trend because if you are struggling or if you're hurt, all you got to do is make the right moves at the deadline or get guys healthy, have a decent March and April, sneak in. Really, you just have to sneak in. This playing tournament allows that. I think the playoffs are great, but I think we're trending, Dan, where the regular season is its like as, as little relevant, that's, that the least amount of relevancy is ever, as I think where we're headed. I think you're, there's certainly a lot that points in that direction, especially considering you're seeing fewer and fewer, or you know, as, as stars, especially older stars, uh, you know, pick up injuries during the course of the season. They have longer layoffs. Uh, with that goal of just making sure that they're upright and ambulatory by mid-April. That's what matters the most for most of these teams that have championship big-ticket aspirations. But I think an interesting case study is the Heat, right? So, as you mentioned, they're up 3-1. They beat the Knicks last night. And this was a team that won 44 games this season that had a negative point differential. They got outscored uh, by 26 points over the course of the entire regular season. Uh, and they were down, as you said, they lost their first play-in game. They kind of had to squeak out their, their second one against the Bulls. And so you'd say, as you look at them, they're an example of why the regular season maybe doesn't matter all that much or is not as predictive of what you, you, know, what you might see uh, coming forward in the 16-game sample of the, of the postseason. And Eric Spolster last night after that game is saying the exact opposite thing. He's saying we had, we had to go through everything we went through in that regular season. We needed that laboratory, basically, to find, you know, find our rotations, find the guys we could trust, to get the guys that we couldn't quite trust up to the level where we could. They're running out an all-bench lineup last night, the start of the second and fourth quarters, that's got like no, no Jimmy, no Bam Adebayo, no Tyler Hero out for the series out with his broken hand. And they were saying we trust Cody Zeller and Haywood Highsmith and Caleb Martin to, to go in and to carry our team through these few minutes. And they did it. They extended their lead in those minutes last night. They had those, those minutes were great for them in game three as well. 
And it's about, so Spolster's looking at it and saying, it might not be predictive. You're right, the number next to your name might not be uh, tell the whole story, but that six months is your laboratory to get you ready for this point. And so there are some teams that weren't able to ever see their full team manifest. There are some teams that blew up from the inside out, as you mentioned with Brooklyn. And then there are some teams that saw this, sort of saw this marathon and said, we need to be built, finding our answers for when it matters most in April, May, and June. And uh, th- those teams are the ones that have the matchup advantages, or th- those are the ones that can find the lineups that work at this time, and they're the ones pushing the right buttons to get where they need to go. Miami's one of them. The Lakers are one of them after their big midseason re- uh, revamp. Uh, and, you know, we'll see where the rest of the playoffs take us. But it's, uh, it's interesting to see which teams are able to find the right levers now and which ones are not. Good to chat with Dan. And, you know, I like bringing those interviews. It's you know, something different. I don't know how many people are locked into the Bill Ryder show. When I host, uh, judging by the local uh, last book, not a lot of you. So I like to at least spread my wings there. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, coming up this week still with Paul and Grant. I got a guy from Pro Football Focus to talk some Packers. Uh, I'll keep talking about the Bucks. Maybe recap the Brewers a little more. Uh, recap the Brewers a little bit more after a series against the Dodgers. And head into the weekend on a low note, probably. Give me some voicemails if you got them, 402-915-2278, 402-915-BART, whatever floats your boat. Those brought to you by Carl's Place, carloft.com backslash BART. Thanks again as always. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day. The Bart Winkler Show.